welcome everybody to uh, Chill Back to the 90s, all 90s podcast in which we take uh, ourselves inside the Wayback Machine and go way, way back to the time that that I prefer. I am your host, CJ Ward. Alongside of me is my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Alex Lee. How are you doing, sir? Insert, you know, glorious applause here. Uh, no, I'm doing good, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling, chilling, chilling. It's a nice, uh, it's been a nice end of my Sunday. I've kind of been deep diving on a research paper, and it's just this is a nice little break from from all of that, man. School's kicking my ass, but other than that, man, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm excited for this one. Uh, this should be a fun one. This this will this will be interesting. Got got some got some surprises in this one, don't we? Kinda, kinda. I think this is a something that we we, we all kind of remember. Um, we are talking like the the. I almost titled it like like the rise and fall of VHS, um, but really I I think it's more gonna be like uh, like uh, the rise and fall of like the rental store or maybe just like rental store memories. Um, either way, it's gonna be uh, a, a lot of movies a, a, a lot of vhs talk and really just just I, I think a lot of like remembering some some fun gnarly uh odd scented times and places yeah blockbuster had a smell to it didn't it oh they all did and they're all unique i, I don't know if it's a meme or if it's like a like a legit thing but i i see uh candles online it's like a blockbuster scent so in the 1970s um, there was like the start of Betamax, and Betamax was like the the first introduction into like uh home tape recording. It's where you first started to see things kind of pop up like that. But like early Betamax players were super expensive, and then in the late seventies they came up with uh the VHS. So the VHS or or the video home system comes out, and then they bring in the the VCR. Well, the VC the early VCRs too are like three grand, like they're expensive, especially for you know late seventies, early eighties times. So all like brand new technology was that's that's very consistent throughout history. I know it's not applicable to like what we're talking about. It's just like that type of thing, new new technology coming out and being like just wildly expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, even even later on um, down the timeline when we get to like DVDs and Blu-rays, um, you know, shit comes in super expensive and then cools off relatively quick too. Yeah, CDs, same thing. Oh yeah, CDs, you know. So the VCR comes out, and it, 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 once it becomes the cheaper option, the VHS kind of overtakes Betamax. And now more people are putting these these VCRs in their home, um, but the the VHS tape itself is still super expensive. You're talking like eighty to a hundred dollars for a movie still. And then the mom and pop places around town would buy these tapes and then rent them out at their little convenience store or whatever and you would take it home watch it bring it back and you you paid a smaller fee than having to pay your full price for the movie 
well, that's the first video store, and just, just little mom and pop convenience stores. Uh, then, in the mid '80s, here here in our fair burg of Dallas, Texas, a man by the name of David Cook is doing like he, he's working on some software for oil companies, but the oil industry, as I know all well, takes a bit of a dive sometimes and it hits a bit of a recession. His wife wants to get into the movie business uh, or like the video business and convinces him to sell his his software company and open a store. So in 1985, David Cook opens his the first blockbuster here in Dallas, Texas. So what he did that was kind of different than everybody is that he just he offered like uh, I think it was like 800 tapes at the time. So he offered a larger selection. Yeah, it was a massive selection, and then he I think by like 1986 or 1987 he had to build like a small warehouse out in Garland to like hold all of his VHS tapes because he had like over like 8,000 at that point. In 1987, he opens uh, 30 more stores. And then in the late 80s, it just takes off. Rise of the suburbs. Yeah, the rise of the suburbs. By this time, I mean, Blockbuster is everywhere. Uh, you can't get away from it. Was was Blockbuster, like 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 early on, was, was Blockbuster your first video place oh it yeah. wasn't mine i as as far as as far as i concern like i mean it, it, from from a young age uh to, to to when i can actually like remember going myself like consciously it's always been blockbuster i know i mentioned family video earlier that was i mean later that was i mean later years as post high school yada yada um so yeah blockbuster's always been and i mean to, to, to jump ahead a little bit, when it came to the Blockbuster versus Netflix wars, we were a Blockbuster household, man. Like, no lie, we had Blockbuster online. Uh, that was something oh, we... That's awesome. That was something we, we had uh, because we went to Blockbuster a lot. Like, um, yeah, that was just something, um, like, as a, a, a... Especially late 90s, early 2000s, I can specifically remember the one from the, the city where we lived and yeah man i mean to this day like i can i can see the layout and it's it's been a few different restaurants and it's time but i can still i mean i can go in there and i'm like yeah i know where i am i know where that is that's right there that's the counter there's the playstation games there's the uh there's the there's the selection of movies you can buy from all blockbusters kind of had the same feel and then even like when i think back of like because like, i was trying to think of like so, so, like, our our early video rental place where I was from was called Randy's M&M, uh, which stands for music and video. And, like, I was trying to think, okay, like, I, I know the layout of that place. I know when I walk in, the games are over here, the movies are over here. But then I was like, but that's kind of, like, like my layout in my head. I'm like, well, that's also the same layout for Blockbuster. That was also the same layout for Video Update. Hmm. 1988, three investors put like $18.5 million into the company. They start buying up a lot of mom and pop places and just rebranding them as blockbusters. And then uh, in 1992, 
they finally hit their thousandth store. Uh, in 1994, Viacom buys out Blockbuster um, and takes it public. So this is a good place to kind of pause for a second, like the early 90s. Did you know in 1989, Nintendo sued Blockbuster? <laughs> for what? Uh, let me let me guess. It has to do with the redistribution of the of games, right? Is the Close. way they, is it the way there's some sort of agreement on how like the copyrighted material and the dis- distribution of it? That's my guess. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you tell me. Blockbuster was reprinting the game manual and putting it in with the rented mm. cases. And Nintendo was like, whoa, that's like our property, and you're telling them how to play the game, but they didn't buy the game. Right, and I bet you, knowing what, and, and I know we've discussed this a little bit, uh, the the market of, um, in this time period, especially the 80s and 90s, the time, uh, the uh, the Nintendo, like, helpline, and and if you're if if Nintendo is distributing these games without the game manuals, that's on purpose. They want people to be calling and to be trying to figure out to spend the money to try and figure figure out. So the reprinting of that, I could definitely see pissing Nintendo off for sure. Yeah, it pissed, it pissed Nintendo off so much to where after the lawsuit, they they would make um, the American versions of games purposefully harder. Because <laughs> because of Blockbuster? They didn't want your average kid to be able to take it home on a weekend and play through the game and then take it back. They wanted the kid to buy the game and play it for long periods of time. That's just mean. Thanks, Blockbuster. Is that why Japanese games are so hard? Um, the Japanese would argue that we are just bad at video games. I mean... That is fair to say. We do kind of get our ass kicked on a world stage in, at video games. My understanding, uh, our version of video games, especially early on in like the early 90s days, looked at as pretty dumbed down. Okay. I remember early on when I was a kid, like we, d- we definitely had Blockbuster, right? Like I said, we went to a Randy's M&M, our local place. And then when I got old enough... I could ride my bike, and we had a membership to – there was um, – just around the corner from my neighborhood, there was a video update. Across the street from that video update was the Hollywood video. And then if you go the same distance the other way, that was where the Randy's M&M was. It's a lot of video rental stores, man. <laughs> yeah. Any given weekend, I could ride my bike to whichever place, pick up the – movie or video game come back home and play it it was fucking fantastic to be a kid <laughs> i do remember i do remember riding my bike to the to, to, to our blockbuster uh that's something as i was a little older because uh, it was you had in, pegs. i mean uh no 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 my friends all had their own bikes uh I, but i no, i didn't have pegs i wanted pegs i didn't have pegs what uh what kind of bike do you have I had a Huffy, bro. You had a Huffy? You had a Huffy? I had a Huffy. I, I had a, a, a Mongoose. A Mongoose. See, I always wanted a Mongoose. But yeah, man, we would we would, we would ride up to, uh, we would ride up, me and my friend Mike. Me and my friend Mike, we would ride our bikes up to the Blockbuster, and we would rent uh, Gauntlet. And 
So I'm going to play Gauntlet tonight. I've told you. Dude, I've you got told my, me that. I'm so jealous. My friends are in town. My 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 friends from as far as I can fucking re- remember have come to see me this weekend. And uh, tonight, after I finish this podcast, we're going to see how far we can get in Gauntlet Legends. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Back when I was in kindergarten, we had moved to Phoenix for a short period of time. And in our apartment complex in Phoenix... I thought it was so badass because it had like a a video rental place within the complex, and um, my mom would take me there, and I would rent the movies. I'd probably rent the most from there would be like uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Art. I rented a lot. Three Ninjas. I rented a lot, and uh, Free Willy. Around that time was a was a movie that I would have rented a lot too. Now I dude I've been on the Free Willy kick this past week because that fucking Michael Jackson song is goddamn fire. Uh, I remember uh, even more around this time and, and even a little bit later, but like as like throughout the '90s when I would come down here, like I mentioned in the last podcast, my parents were divorced and I would come down here to my dad's, and I remember. We would go to uh, to Blockbuster when I came here. We we would go to Blockbuster. We would go get um, movies, games, yada yada yada, and then we would go through the drive-through next door at Taco Bueno, or we would go back home and order pizza. And then because I was still young at the time, like my dad would like cut up my pizza into little squares, and uh, it was a wholesome time. Uh, I don't, I don't remember always getting, it was always probably various, like, uh, you know, fast, not fast food, but like, uh, pizza, junk food, whatever we would get. But I do always remember getting like the treat in line. I do always remember like, like it wasn't always every time, wasn't every time, but like if you asked on like the right time, you get something and I just, man, I think that's where I fell in love with Sour Patch Kids. (laughs) Oh, dude, were uh, the Sour Patch Kids like your go-to blockbuster snack? Uh, usually. Yeah, usually. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a candy like I'm a gummy candy guy, man. You give me sour gummy candy, I'm all over that shit. Cause mine was mine was the uh, the sour patch watermelons. I don't know why, but when my mom would take me to go rent like an N64 game, um, for the longest time, was I was late on the Ocarina of Time. Like I didn't get Ocarina of Time until maybe like oh, not 2000 or 2001. Is when I pro- probably finally like had like my own copy of uh, Ocarina of Time, and so I would go to Blockbuster or probably Hollywood Video at the time and rent it a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, I can remember sitting on the floor playing Ocarina of Time and just having like a, at least two bags of those Sour Patch Kid watermelons. Mm, that sounds good. Makes my stomach hurt, but that sounds good. <laughs> Also because of like the the release of like Goldeneye uh, in the '90s, I got like really big into James Bond, and so dun, when my dad would take me, dun, I would always dun, dun, dun. it'd be like either like um, a new James Bond tape or fucking video stores always had all the wrestling tapes, like all the fucking pay per views and bullshit. So I would get like either like a James Bond film or like a WrestleMania or like a Survivor series. I wanted to I wanted to bring up when you had mentioned the price of VHS tapes earlier, 
I remember uh, there's a there's a podcast that we both listen to, but I think it's like I mean, dude, I couldn't reference the exact uh, time he said it, but they were discussing like VH, VHSs and the price of them and how they they were big big money for the wrestling industry and WWE, uh, WWF at the time, uh, and how it's they true. just would make yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would make just just tons of money on VHS tapes because there's just a huge there was a huge market for the rentals and the price was so high. Yeah, the the Coliseum Video collections. Thank you, thank you, Coliseum Video. Thank you. That's that's exactly what uh, I am talking about. Um, they made tons of money off of that, and they, I mean, you know, the the market's different today with the streaming, but it's it's basically you know what it was back then. I do remember, I do remember wrestling videos as well. I was, I know, I wasn't big into renting them, but I do remember seeing them as well, and them being like a big, a big thing. Oh, I would rent like, like I said, the the WrestleMania, <laughs> the Survivor Series, um, like there was like a uh, a DX like uncensored kind of VHS tape where so like every now and then um DX would like hop up on the turnbuckles and like ask the girls to like flash them or whatever and they would always put like a degeneration X like sensor bar in front of it on mm-hmm. TV well on the VHS it would have those moments or whatever but it, they would be uncensored like crazy crazy shit like that but I would rent that Wait, you would you would you would rent that, and you got to see titties from random chicks in the crowd. They would show that. Yeah, wow. yeah. My mom would be like, "Oh, it's just that wrestling." <laughs> just titties in the crowd, no big deal. <laughs> I remember for my birthday one time, I got a wow, uh, CJ does a... take long showers. What's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> I remember my I got a VHS that was like uh along the same lines of that. DX1, but it was uh, Stone Cold. And I remember uh, my grandmother was with us at the time. Oh, no. And I had turned that on, and, like, Stone Cold's, like, calling him, you son of a bitch, and calling for the beer and flipping people off. And my grandma was like, what is this? This is wrestling, Grandma. It's wrestling. Like, this is this is what it is. Oh, that's good. That's good shit right there. That's good, good, good shit. Good shit. It was crazy about, like, that, too. So, like, you would, like, walk around there, and there would be, like, all, like, the the wrestling tapes, right? And then you Mm -hmm. would go, for some reason, and, like, all of my experiences in, like, the movie stores, like, when you'd go just across the hall from that, or across the aisle from that, it was, like, all the horror films. There were a lot. Well, that's dude. That's because, uh, and I and I can tell you why. Uh, you've ever seen Sam Raimi's Evil Dead with Bruce Campbell? Um, know of it. Uh, you know, definitely know the references of it. Can't right. tell you I've seen it the whole way through. Right. So it's this like it's this iconic like horror comedy movie. It 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 really it's 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 crazy. But it was shot on a shoestring budget, and it was distributed, you know, widely on VHS, and it made its money back on VHS, and it spurred this whole like revival of B horror pictures, because there was this time in the early 30s and 40s where B movies were fine, like pump out B movies, make some money, you're good to go, and then as time went on, you know, the major studios wanted to be more serious, and just B pictures became a thing like, ugh, gross, we're not doing that, we're serious, we do, you know, this, so B pictures, you know, yada yada. 
And now this new medium comes along, which offers, you know, as VHS becomes more affordable, this new distribution process where you don't necessarily have to print huge reels of film footage and hope you make your money back. So they shot this low-budget horror film. It's a huge success on VHS, and it spurns this whole movement of low-budget B-movie horror that you still see today that draws teenagers into movie theaters, you know, in droves. It's the same type of stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, just a different market in a different, in a different day. So you talking about all those B-movie horrors, you know, you can attribute that to, you know, movies like Evil Dead and it being such a popular medium, you know, what's better than, you know, if you don't want to take a date to a movie, you know, you, you rent a horror film and she snuggles up on the couch next to you and is freaked out by blood and cheesy violence and, you know. Uh, bam, bam, I remember you, my older siblings using this tactic all the time. You know, it's, it's because of, like, I remember the first rated R movie I ever saw um was the leprechaun and it was rented by my older brother and sister and they had a bunch of friends over and i was thinking about like the horror film section there like it was crazy because yeah it had a bunch of b like b horror film and it kind of helped like cultivate that cult following of oh you got to go see this movie you got to go see this movie but then also walking through there for me because i never i'm a bit of a pussy when it comes to horror movies. <laughs> I love horror. I'd love to walk through there because the cover art that they would have right. displayed off. And that is what I miss most about like films and such these days is like DVD covers are okay. But there was something about V and it's maybe because nobody goes to rental stores, but renting, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but renting those covers you, you know, you see a cover and you're like, I'm going to buy it based on that. I'm going to rent it based off of that. I miss that. Oh, so like, many times. I miss times. that feeling. I miss so that So many times. You know, especially like the back to the wrestling tapes, you know, the, the ones that I hadn't watched before or were before my time. You know, it was like, oh, shit, that's fucking Macho Man and Hogan on the fucking cover. Oh, that looks awesome. I'm going to rent that one. Right, right, right. There was a there was a Chuck Norris movie i rented one time because he was on the cover with a dog and a gun and i was like yes that looks that's amazing. the movie for me just walking around there man and just like looking at all the the wall of like new releases where you just have like a wall and like two sections would be like 30 tapes mm -hmm. of, like, it'd all be all the like the copy it'd be all the copies i remember i i remember yeah you'd see like the new releases and they'd have like all the different copies but like they'd only have like five or six left and you'd had to like, you could only tell cause the, the box wasn't behind there anymore. If there was no box behind it, you were, you were, you had to, you were, you were fucked. You had to go get the box and bring it up to the front. <laughs> and it was, a, dude, it was such a shitty feeling. When, like I would go there like anticipating like all week. I'm like, I'm going to rent this fucking video game. This video game is on my mind. I've been looking at it in game pro all month long. Mm -hmm. Like I want to rent this game, and I would go there, and that fucking box wouldn't be behind the fucking uh, case. So I would be. You go, you go, you take, you take the cover up. Who's got it? You take it up to the front. desk. who's got this fucking tape? Who's got it? Or this game? Who's got it? Where, where does he live? I know, I know that kid. I know, I know where he lives. All right, all right. I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> I'm gonna return it for him. Some people, it's like they didn't have like like the movie that they wanted. Would sit there and like wait. You know, it was like a high-anticipated movie, you know, like the Titanic or something. 
and uh, they oh, I remember, I it. remember being, I remember when we got put on the waiting list for to rent Titanic because, you know, these days, like, yeah, and I guess now in these days the equivalent is like when it comes to streaming a few days early, is things used to go to rental before they would go be available to purchase in stores. You remember dude, that? Dude, when when and VHS you get put on the waiting would list come out, it would come out like, you know, eight months to sometimes almost a full year after it came out of the movie theater. Yeah. Like, so you had to wait a long time, but you could rent it beforehand. But you could rent it beforehand, yeah. And and I remember being put on the waiting list for a rental of Titanic. Because I remember seeing that fucking movie three times in the fucking theaters. Oh, see, and... I only saw it – we only saw it one time in the movie theater, but we didn't rent it. We made sure when that shit came out on VHS, like, my sister and my mom, like, had to have it. Oh, no, same same here, dude. Like, my, my, my mom, uh, my stepmom, uh, I mean, she, she I, I didn't voluntarily go. It's not like I was like, yeah, Kate Winslet, bring it on. It was just like I got dragged to it. But I just, I that movie just being so iconic, man, like, I just, you just, it imprints on you the shit that, uh, that happens around it. And I just, I the remember. The fucking remember. two, two case, like the two VHS. Yeah, the two tapes, the two tapes. Huge case. The two tapes. I gotta ask. I gotta ask my dad if he still got that somewhere. If he. Welcome back. We, we took a short break. Um, I, I, I think we both had to uh, relieve ourselves a little bit. Uh, we are kind of moving up through a very uh, a very loose history of like um, the – I started off kind of saying, you know, this is the VHS. Uh, we're kind of going through like a loose history of Blockbuster um, just because it's it's kind of close to uh, uh, our yeah, hearts. I see, I see, I see my where, is where, where we're from. Um, and not only that, it's kind of the biggest one known, so it's like the one to, to talk about. Uh, before we move on kind of out of the, the early 90s and then more into the, the upper to late 90s, do you remember that like Blockbuster could rent like game systems and shit? Absolutely. Yeah, that's like so – like, they started off like one of their big things – and I, I didn't mention this earlier – like one of their big things was that they would rent out like the VCR to people, and people mm -hmm. thought that was fucking insane, because it'd be like fifteen bucks or whatever to rent your VCR. Um, this is actually how I would end up playing the Virtual Boy. Oh wow! So let me tell you, uh, I'm happy that I rented it and never convinced my parents to get me one of those hot pieces of shit, because that thing was a hot piece of shit. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the rental is to like 
if I enjoy it, I will purchase it. If I don't, no harm, no foul. It's a point of the rental. I can tell you my only experience with the, the system rental comes from this birthday party that I remember a friend throwing. And I'll be honest with you, I can't remember the uh, the the games we played. Um, but, like, they rented out this, like, big room. We had this big sleepover at this hotel. Uh, they fed us junk food. They rented a, a Nintendo 64 with a bunch of games. And we watched... Uh, Two rated R horror films that uh, I still love to this day, uh, Jeepers Creepers and Thirteen Ghosts. Uh, but it was a fun, it was it was a, it was a fun birthday, man. You know, uh, the whole idea that you could like rent a system and a bunch of games was 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 pretty cool. Uh, and they just let us, you know, be kids for like the night. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> that is that's that that's fun. Um, trying to think of what else I'm gonna get early. On. Oh, dude. Fucking in 1993, uh, Blockbuster buys Discovery Zone, which is going to be a whole fucking <clears throat> podcast on its own at some point. Because if you grew up in the 90s, you went to a birthday party at Discovery Zone or some kind of adjacent, you know, type of. Well, everyone probably situation. knows Chuck E. Cheese. But why? Yeah, but Chuck E. Cheese and, and DZ are two different things, in my opinion. And Blockbuster ends up selling, selling like when when Blockbuster starts to go under, they sell their their portion of Discovery Zone to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm, that's how Chuck E. Cheese wins that war. I love I love that at one point that like two awesome things in the '90s were were under one company. <laughs> were one something I mean kind of along that line and kind of following our timeline. So like Blockbuster is like. The fucking shit in the 90s. There's uh, Hollywood videos like its main competitor. But as we're talking about like two cool things in the 90s owning each other, uh, Viacom ends up buying Blockbuster in 1998. Uh, Viacom also like, you know, owner like Nickelodeon. Yeah, I know. I know. I know Viacom. I know what Viacom owns. I wouldn't necessarily agree that Viacom is like cool. I think isn't Viacom even also mentioned in uh, as one of the companies owned by Austin pa- or by uh, Dr. Evil's organization in uh, Austin Powers 2? No, I I want to say that they're it's like Starbucks and like so- somebody else that, that they own some other big like 90s corporation. Maybe it is Viacom. Uh I just remember the factory that makes miniature figurines of little factories um <laughs> that would make sense though yeah viacom is not like a uh not one of those corporations or media conglomerates that i'm hyped to say like yeah they're awesome like super cool just because of the properties that they own they do own some pretty dope properties though well a, a big thing in like the the late 90s was like people were starting to get like really pissed off at the late fees uh late fees were a massive part of the business though return your shit on time bro that's that that's the social contract you sign with the company so like i totally agree with this like like people and like i even watched some some videos of like uh the the kids say kind of things uh on youtube and one of them was a blockbuster episode it was like kids talking about blockbuster like today's kids and they told him about this about like the the concept of late fees and like oh that's just mean 
that's just dumb. Like, no, they give you four to five days to say, hey, you had this movie. You have four to five days, which is an ample amount of time to watch a two-hour movie. For the record, they give you less time today on a streaming service. They give you 48 hours for that shit. No matter what it and then is. And if you don't bring it back, yeah, you have like you, you can't just keep our fucking tape. You have to pay some kind of price. It's a physical it's physical property. It's not like a digital file that you can just revoke the the rights to stream. You know what I mean? Like that's Your physical local property. The library that... does the same thing. Now maybe the late fee may be a bit expensive, you know? Sure. I could you could I could definitely argue that, but the concept of the late fee, I'm not gonna argue is inappropriate. I think it's it's a social contract, it's it's like you know, I let you borrow something and, you know, you know, return it. <laughs> right. Well, one return man <laughs> was really pissed off at the idea of late fees and decided this was to be no more. Oh, no. <laughs> and Reed Hastings in 1997 decided to have the idea because of a pissed off $40 late fee at Blockbuster to come up with the concept of Netflix. Wait, did you say the guy – did you say the guy whose name was Hastings came up with Netflix? Yes. Now, I – you know, I probably should look up to see – Is it that he Hastings? he is the founder of Hastings. Of that Hastings? Because I'll tell you what, man. If you want to get into like – Which also rented out movie and games. A small town store. Absolutely, man. Like where, uh, where my mom lives, she lives in a small, small town of uh, New Mexico. She's lived there for the last 20 years. And they've had a Hastings for a long time. And I, honestly, I believe it recently. Like the it, it moved and then it closed. And I was really, really sad, I think, to hear that it closed. And yeah, man, exactly. Same concept. They rent. And now – and they still do, or at least they still did last time I went. But, I mean, they're just a huge media entertainment, you know – not the same Hastings. Not the same Hastings, damn. But I love me some Hastings. I've got some fond memories of of actually. You me know too. what? You know what? You're thinking of you want you want some. I they're not like early '90s, but I do remember. That's fine. When my mom, I mean, it was late '90s. My mom, uh, when she had first moved there, I do remember renting videos because that was the place to rent videos from. And there was a Blockbuster, but. The Hastings was like the better option. I remember, I remember the Hastings outlasted the Blockbuster in this town at like what we're talking about, like you know, even at the peak of Blockbuster, uh, this Hastings in the small little town because it was there before and everybody was like loyal to it and shit, and they were they're huge. Oh, that fucking Hastings. And this is where like Blockbuster, like Blockbuster, really starts to get like a little too big for their britches here. In 2000, Blockbuster does attempt a little late in the game, but they partner with Enron to create a video-on-demand service. And the agreement was supposed to last for 20 years. And here's here's the funny part. In March of 2001, over fears that Blockbuster would not be able to provide sufficient films for the service, Enron terminated the deal. Well, I mean, that's – I guess it could have been worse. It can get worse. In 2000, oh, no. Blockbuster <laughs> – in 2000, Blockbuster turned down the chance to purchase – the fledging Netflix 
for fifty million dollars. This is famous. They 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 turned it down, and it it rightfully. I wouldn't say rightfully. I think in in America, the capitalist free market. I don't always agree with it, but at times. This is a situation where, like, hey, you have the opportunity to do the thing, and you didn't do it. So you look, you know, you look back on it in retrospect, twenty some odd years later, and it's like, oops. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't know this. In, um, in two thousand two, Blockbuster acquired Movie Trading Company, a place that is still near and dear to my heart. I love the MTC. That's where, where, when, when I am in town. I guarantee you that's one of the first places I'm going to go. I don't – little side note, given this whole little COVID thing, I know we've discussed a little bit. I haven't really been doing a normal amount of shopping that I might be doing, whether it be online or in uh, in person. And when I move home, I'm definitely looking forward to taking that trip to the MTC and uh, getting some shit, man. <laughs> I'm excited. Unfortunately, also in 2002, Redbox spawned. Which was just, it's just a faster way for people to go and get their their uh, new releases. Redbox, I, I I definitely Redbox Redbox was good for the convenience of pick it up anywhere, drop it off anywhere. I liked that it was a cheap option, um, and I mostly rented games from it. I did. I do remember. I remember that that was more of the. I that was after uh, that blockbuster in town had closed, uh, and then a few places around town got red boxes, and now you see red boxes from time to time, but they're really not like. I mean, they're a thing, but they're not like I think as big as uh, they once were. And then, do you remember like any like a uh, like a we uh we had a blockbuster music. That was a blockbuster store, but Ooh. it was uh, CDs and vinyls. So is it like, would you rent? Was it was it a same deal with the rental store? Or was it more of like a uh, I think come here rent, for the latest single? I think you could rent CDs, but it, it, it was more of like a of like a Virgin Records kind of store. I mean, it gotcha. Was come here, like come here, store. and buy the latest music and fill your collection out with your favorite artist. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, gotcha, in the early two gotcha, thousands, gotcha. they were also doing uh like like blockbuster award shows, but they trying to get in on it, man. I mean, I would say their biggest mistake was probably not purchasing Netflix and gaining that market share because I I told you, man, we were blockbuster online. We were a blockbuster family. We had a blockbuster online subscription. I remember getting the blockbuster DVDs the same way uh you would get Netflix DVDs, which we later switched to. Um. But uh, we couldn't watch them because my, you know, stepmother had to had to rip them and burn them onto DVDs, and then we could watch them. But oh, dude, we uh, did that with our VHSs when 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 we would rent tapes from from block or from wherever uh, back in the day. We would record them that way. I could have a recorded copy. We wouldn't have to keep renting the same movie over and over again. I want to say the first movie we did that with was the Goofy movie. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Like we That's we kind of we, we rented it to pirate it. What more do you want? Like God, like it's not like we were you know downloading it on LimeWire and Kazaa, um, which we were. It's for music only, okay? But it's it really does suck because it's not like Blockbuster didn't try. It's not like one of those things where they were resistant to 
the new ways. They just tried to do it themselves. And and you know if they had bought you know if they bought Netflix, who's to say some other competitor doesn't come along and do it better? You know what I mean? Uh, just because one guy sells out and it you know there's 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 always going to be a challenger to the market. Um, as as you look, you know Netflix now has to compete with Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max. Um, oh yeah, they they started their like they they created their own competition. Yeah, by you know, and I guess I guess I, I mean, I just I feel I feel bad for Blockbuster because it's one of the things that was so great and it's so innovative, and it really does influence like a good chunk of how we consume our media these days don't you think like there would be no subscription-based service to watch stuff at our own leisure if there wasn't a video rental store right i totally agree that's all that's all these that's all these big streaming services are they're just big video rental stores and we pay a subscription to you know i mean could you imagine you know you don't have access to like you know say the you have access to the library but you have to you have to rent per view could you imagine that could you imagine that kind of system no and i, I think people would would go apeshit immediately if that was the case i don't think people would go for it. i th- i think blockbuster yeah. would still be around yeah i think blockbuster would still be around today i think blockbuster would still be around today even if so like instead of going out and purchasing these mom and pop places are pretty much buying out their rent and still renting these buildings. If they would have built their own stores and owned their own real estate, um, you know, family video is still around in the Midwest. Because of that. And, you know, I was thinking about that earlier and I didn't say anything because there just wasn't, like, a good moment to interject it. But the whole idea of, like, why would they buy up all these places when they could just build their own just build it up themselves you know what i mean like it just doesn't make any sense to to buy these little stores when you just put if you put that investment into your own stuff you're you're likely to last longer exactly yeah like and i remember the family video that i guess isn't around anymore i remember when they showed up they built their store that was the one store that was there like they built that place and everything else got built around it yeah I mean, it's it's a, it's a reason why they're still around. It's just a company. It's just a family out of um, out of Illinois, like kept it around. But in a, I say around this time, man, like I was actually probably like, as far as like personal blockbuster for me, I I was still heavy blockbuster in the early two thousands. Like I remember asking my mom to go a lot because I mean there was because it was the time of like the the PS two and like the Xbox and everything, and there were all these badass games that I wanted to play. But there were so many of them that I couldn't have them all. But I wanted you to play afford them all. So like I was still, I was still trying to go to Blockbuster a lot. Same way, man. I got I got my license in two thousand and five, and from there on out, man, like it was freedom. But I remember driving up to Blockbuster a lot, and you know, renting Grand Theft Auto and Dynasty Warriors oh, fuck and Dynasty Warriors, um, bro. Dude, I so many. All I mean, the hours I have put into Dynasty Warriors video games is just insane. Hacker slash um, way to fucking victory. Right, Lubu, fucking bitch. Fucking Lubu. Uh, oh. I can I can specifically remember. I mean, you're talking about video games and having to you know, there's too many. You don't know what to do. I remember me and my buddy. We rented. Uh, 
we one weekend we rented Midnight Club, uh, Midnight Club, I think it was like Racer 2000 or whatever, uh, dope soundtrack, the one with the dope soundtrack, and the next weekend we rented, I want to say it was Underground 2, I think mm. they were both out at the same time, and we we spent a weekend playing each, and I decided to buy uh, the Need for Speed game because of it, because I was like, that's you know, I'm gonna, I, this is the game that I want to invest the time and energy and whatnot into, and it's the game I just desperately wish they'd remake. But it, uh, <laughs> I do that. I, that's I have just vivid memories of just wandering the aisles of that store, just trying to kill time on a Friday night, because you know I was a nerdy little fuck back then, and. Uh, it's good times. It's good times. I do have fond memories of wandering that Blockbuster store. And, I mean, if you look at the numbers, like 2004 is its its best year. They had uh, 9,000 stores globally in 2004. And their their uh, their 2004 revenue was $5.9 billion. They're, Damn. Yeah, like like they're still doing all right, and then, uh, but like, I don't know, something was up because in two thousand four, Viacom also d- decides to part ways with Blockbuster, and then Blockbuster I, does the Blockbuster Online deal that that you're very fond of, but they're but they're already years mm. behind Netflix, um, and then they decide like we're gonna end late fees. Which was crazy because it was sixteen percent of their business at at one time was solely late fees. But they're saying, that's "Hey, dumb. you're upset about late fees? That's fine. That's fine. It's fine." What did they do to offset the cost? I don't. I man, I don't. Revenue. I don't know. If I mean, you're. I I can I can get behind the idea of like, okay, we've got to go after you know this whole Netflix yada yada. We're gonna end late fees to retain and you know try and win back some customers. I get that, but if like you're saying you're losing up to 16% of your income, what are you offsetting that? Are you expecting to see that back with an increase in rentals? Are people gonna rent more? Wouldn't they just keep their tapes longer, keeping your inventory you know less likely to recirculate? I just I don't know. I'm not like an economist or a business person, but that just unless they have a plan to offset that loss of income, that just seems silly to 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 do that if people have just accepted that it's a thing. Here we go. It was estimated that it would cost the company 200 million dollars to stop collecting late fees and another 200 million dollars to start the new venture, Blockbuster Online. So it's 400 million dollars. I mean, unless you're I, I guess as a business, you kind of expect to invest in new new things and and wait and see on you know where it takes you. But oof, well, that's a, that's a lot. That's I mean that's a lot of money to to, to pump into. Well, from two thousand three to two thousand five, the company lost seventy five percent of its market value. Well, you said from two thousand three to two thousand five. Yeah. Wow. And then. In 2010, in an attempt to wipe out a hundred billion, or sorry, not a hundred billion, one billion dollars of debt, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy. I mean, yeah, in that in that five year span, technology exploded. The way we consume media completely changed in that five years. And that's a completely different podcast. Uh, Dish Network buys out Blockbuster. They they pay. Uh, 
$320 million to keep 600 stores open. And then they announced in 2013 that they were going to close the remaining Blockbuster stores. So the Dish Network thing didn't last very long either. I think it was just one of those buy it for parts type deal. To today, in 2020, there's one. One. I knew that. It's in uh, Bend, Oregon. Yep. And they are still doing the Airbnb gimmick for a couple dollars a night. You can go and have a night in an old Blockbuster. Um, That's not weird. I've seen many people kind of like make like their their basements like like their man caves into like old blockbusters that's dope i've seen you know there's there's still um there's a nostalgia feel when it comes for a blockbuster not only a blockbuster but like vhs in general um i think people just like having that that weight that that hard copy uh the cover art there's just a, a solid nostalgia feel that like you don't get from getting a Netflix DVD in the mail even, you know, it, it to, to me, even that wouldn't have the same kind of nostalgia feel of holding a VHS. I mean, who still does that anymore? I, you, do you, do you realize how old we sound just saying we used to get Netflix in the mail? Like that in itself makes us sound like fucking grandpas. Like we're going to be in the nursing home telling our great grandkids, you know, the Netflix used to get sent to you on this little disc. And you'd put it in this machine that you hooked up to a television. I have a VCR now. I love my VCR now. I've gotten into uh, collecting VHS once again. I look at it as I am rescuing these artifacts from a terrible life. And I'm giving them a new one for about a quarter apiece. That's, you know, for, for something that you used to have to pay hundreds of dollars for... I mean, being able to get away with it for a quarter, I think that's a fucking steal, man. Think of all the mature, responsible things you could be doing. Helping old ladies cross the street, proudly maintaining your yard, hanging with your folks, or cleaning your room. But get real. You'd rather be playing video games. You can rent them from Blockbuster. They've got more of the coolest new Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis games for rent than anyone in the world. So dudes, why not get your games at Blockbuster? It's the mature thing to do. All right, for this we brought in a uh, very special guest. She is the wife to my co-host and a very, very awesome lady. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Mel. Mel, thank you for being here. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Um, so I worked at Blockbuster back in 2004. I was 19. Um, I, I didn't work there very long. I would say like half a year or so. Um, but it was awesome, to be quite honest. Um, just in general, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was like an organizational aspect to it, which is like good for my personality and the way I work. Um, but I also worked with super cool people. Um, and I was young, and it was a good time in my life, and I was partying a lot, and it was just a good good job to have. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my general outlook on it. Like, what were your thoughts about Blockbuster when you were working there? Did you know that, like, things were kind of looking grim, or were things, like, hopping, popping around the store? 
Yeah, so it was pretty popping. Um, I worked at the one, not at the one I grew up going to, which was like right down the street, actually. So there's like blockbusters everywhere um, where I'm from. And so um, I worked at the one like down the street. Um, but it was um, pretty popping um, where we were. Lots of people went to Blockbuster. Like we were always super busy on the weekend. So, yeah, it was um, it was a pretty pretty popping time i would say did you know that dallas was the the birthplace of blockbuster i did not know that actually that is super cool yeah isn't that awesome that is super awesome did, did you work at that one next to the taco bueno um so uh taco bueno yes there was actually a taco bueno across the street yes that is the one i worked at i think that's the one that we always used to go to that's that's fucking awesome uh 2004 did you know that like 2004 was like blockbusters most like so like in 2004 let me find my notes again real fast in 2004 blockbuster had nine nine thousand stores and like they're they made like 5.9 billion dollars that year wow that's awesome yeah we were always busy in like um, I had to work the holidays cause like we were open on Christmas and stuff and like lots of people like to watch movies on Christmas with their families on the holidays and, um, all the holidays around that time. So I actually ended up having to work that holiday. Um, but it was fine, but yeah, we were always super busy. I really, I thought that job was super fun. So here's like the, what like everybody like wants when they, when they hear, Oh, I worked at Blockbuster. Any any crazy stories from working at Blockbuster? Um, I don't know about any crazy stories. Um, I guess this is kind of a crazy story. My two managers, like the store manager, and I think it was like the assistant store manager, so like the two highest ladies, um, they were both um, gay women. I mean, this is beginning of 2000, so like obviously like lots of people are gay, but like, you know, they didn't even have the right to get married yet. Um, but they were super cool and like the coolest bosses. And um, they would actually tell me stories of when they would live in California and they would go to like Hollywood parties. And of course they work for Blockbuster now, you know, um, but they would like go and meet like all these famous people they would tell me about. Um, so that was actually super cool. That's dope. Yeah. What was like the biggest like what was like the biggest movie that like people came in to like rent a lot while you were at Blockbuster? Um man. I honestly don't remember that. It's been so long. We also rented out games, so I remember oh, that's lots right. of games. Yeah. Like, I, I totally forgot that in like the early two thousands, like they tried to create like the uh, what was it? it was like, like before game... Netflix started doing it, or like Gameflix, or what? I forget what it was called. But that they, one where you could... they like almost made like their own like they tried to do like their own version of GameStop within like their own store. Exactly. I yeah, totally but you could rent them, and it was super cheap, and like you I mean, you could rent one at a time. I think they ended up changing it to like two at a time. Um, one downside to working there, we had um, like t to sell, I forget what they called it, but like the popcorn and the candy and the drinks and stuff, we had to, like they, we had to like sell certain things and like that was kind of annoying, but like I guess that comes with like any like retail job. <laughs> like, <laughs> Did uh, people try and like ask you your opinion all the time on movies and like they think you were some kind of like movie genius because you worked at Blockbuster? 
Yeah, like a movie expert. And, like, I do watch a lot of movies, not as many as, like, I thought I did because, like, you and my husband, like, watch so (laughs) many movies. Like, he'll be like, how have you not seen this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just haven't seen it. But, like, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I still, for, like, an average human, still watch crap. Can I cuss a shitload of movies? So, um. But, yeah, actually, um, I really liked working there. It was really chill. It was kind of late hours. Like, I would do, like, 4 to, like, midnight because we were open late on the weekends. But I worked part-time, probably, like, 30 hours a week. Um, I worked with some cool people. Oh, another cool thing. So, when other stores needed help, we could, like, go work at other stores. So, I actually got to work at, like, other stores in Plano, which is kind of fun. Like, meet new Blockbuster um people so the training for it was actually really oh, interesting yeah. yes tell me about the fucking training that sounds yeah awesome. so if i remember correctly and i'm so sorry if i'm getting like the place wrong i've um this time of my life is actually very fuzzy for <laughs> at certain times um but i'm pretty sure the training was like in addison or something like that and I drove down there. It was early in the morning. Like, we had to be there by 8. Like, don't be late. Um, we had to dress in khakis because that's what our uniform was. was, like, the blue blockbuster, like, polo um, with khakis. And Iconic. then I think you could – Yeah. And I think you could wear, like, shorts if you wanted to as long as they were, like, nice khakis. And then for, like, I think, like, tennis shoes, like, white or black, I think. Um but the training was like I think like six hours that one day. It was like eight to f- like um like two or something. We had lunch that like it was like sandwiches and chips they gave us. It was like a nice lunch, um and we just sat there and went over like orientation stuff, like what we have to wear, like how we need to act, um the typical blockbuster customer servicing kind of stuff. Um, but I remember meeting a lot of cool people. I think we went out afterwards and, like, had drinks or something. <laughs> uh, well, I've got you here. Uh, not, obviously, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about Blockbuster and stuff. But we also kind of talked about, like, uh, our own personal experiences with uh, movie rental stores and Blockbuster and such. Um, any, like, childhood reminiscing you have of, like, renting movies or games or such? Oh, yeah. So, like... Growing up in Plano, Texas, like Blockbuster, Coit and Legacy was like our spot. Um, and I would, I would, every Friday, my mom would take me growing up um, to, I would say, like, I moved there in 1992 and I was like six. So I would say, like, six years old through, you know, eight, 17 when I left home. Um, I, we would go to Blockbuster like every Friday night, like, I got so excited, like, seeing the new releases. A lot of the times if we got there too late, you know, everything was gone, you know, for, like, the good new releases. Um, now, would you wait for them to come back, or would you wander around and try and find something else? Oh, no, I would go find something else for sure. And, like, my mom would let us buy candy and, like, popcorn and um, the snacks there that were, like, super overpriced, but, like, <laughs> you know, the big-ass, like, boxes of candy um, yeah, I loved going to, um, 
the blockbuster. You know what movie? You know how like for so like when I, I grew up in the '80s, so like VHSs. You know, like the covers. You know, like that's the blockbuster I think of is like the old school, like thick blockbuster VHS the big, case, hard shell cases. Yeah. yeah, and then like the cover of the film, like on top of that, and like you know, you looking behind to see if there's any, you know, um, VHSs, you know, behind there because they stacked them, you know, on the wall. Uh, I remember the the um, movie covers that stick out to me working there for some reason. You're going to laugh at some of these. So I think it's called Tin Cup with, like, Kevin yes. Costner. Cheech Marin's like, in it as well. I love Do Tin what? Cup. Uh, Cheech Marin is uh, in it as well. Oh, for real? I haven't – I don't think I've even actually seen it. But, like, that movie cover was, like, on the, like – you know, because, like, it's the new releases when you walk in on the, the outside walls. And then they have, like, the older kind of new releases, like, still popular movies. And that was up for, like, ever, you know? And then they have, like, the comedies, the romances all in the middle. That was also part of our job was to go through and we always had to – organized like constantly like making sure if there's like a big wall with lots of movies of the same you know lots of um tapes of the same movie we had to go through and like make sure that like if there are any left those are the ones on top and like you know make it all neat and like that was a big part of the job too which is kind of weird you know if you think about it and that was like the organizational part that i enjoyed is like keeping everything nice looking and all that oh yeah and, and you get to just look at the cover art all day exactly but yeah, Tin Cup, um, You've Got Mail sticks out to me. <laughs> um, oh, there was another Meg Ryan movie, City of Angels. Like, like we used to make, make, like, when I was a kid, and I had never seen the movies before, but we used to, like, make fun of the movies, like, You've Got Mail and, like, Sleepless in Seattle. And, yeah. Like, like, yeah, all those, like, Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, like, cheesy romance movies. Exactly. There were so many of them. Like, they were always up for like ever. And then, they, then, then there was like the steamy movies, like Sliver. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I remember always being like, "Damn, I want to watch that." Um, then like, I got rented because I was nineteen. But like, yeah, just like random like movies you always thought were like really racy when they came out and you couldn't watch them. Um, but yeah, I, I I love Blockbuster. There was there was really something about going into the store and like picking out something and then like working there, just like seeing all the new movies out. Oh, and by the way, of course, we got free rentals like working there. Oh yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. did, did you guys have a back room? Yep, there's like a little break room. Uh, I mean, like a uh, a back room full of promiscuous videos. Oh no! <laughs> that was one thing that well, that uh, me and your husband actually didn't talk about was like um, there was always like like the rumor of the back room, right? And like the back room to me was this like, what is y'all's back room? I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> like no, it's like the back room was the place where they kept like like all the pornos. Oh, the pornos, yeah. Like I just watched that shit on cable when there wasn't like streaming porn everywhere <laughs> like red shoe diaries on showtime like when i was like babysitting like like find the people's house i was babysitting like porn showtime hbo stuff <laughs> sorry no, no the thing is that like everyone always talked about this room and like to me it was just like this like mythological like like cavern or cave in the back of each video <laughs> store like i never experienced it um, 
can I say something else about movies? So I don't want to be like say like, oh, I was one of the ones to do it first, but. When Netflix, you could only do there was no streaming. You could only order their DVD movies um, online on their website. Like you could get one DVD at a time, and you would do it through the mail. I was the, one of the first ones to do that, and so when they started streaming, I changed to that, um, and I got like grandfathered in. So like my Netflix bill is still like super low, which is like super cool because I was like, one of the first customers. Oh, that's that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, just because, like, I, I guess, I, I don't remember when that happened, if that was when I worked there, if that, is that too early? Do you know, do you have notes on when Netflix came out? Like, did I, like, hear about them at work? I don't remember. So, like, Netflix doing their thing, like, in 2000, and then, to, and then, and then Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix in 2000, because Netflix was struggling, and Blockbuster didn't. And so up until like I would say like two thousand and eight or nine is when Netflix was doing strictly the uh, the DVD to the place. Oh no, they're doing the streaming thing. I think a little bit before that too. I don't know. All I know is that Blockbuster was behind. Yeah, I but like I I remember uh, the Blockbuster trying to do some like online thing like Netflix and it just. They just went out of business, man. Everyone was like, all the streaming started, and then Hulu and everything, and it was just like, buy Blockbuster, how sad. But there, there's something so nostalgic about like going to Blockbuster, and then like if I didn't find like anything like from the new releases that I wanted to watch, like I was like, all right, let's go watch something classic, or I'll go through the the dramas and see if there's anything I want to see, and like I don't know, it was just like it was fun walking through those aisles. I know it sounds so cheesy. Real quick to kind of finish up here, like like what are the things that you rented the most? Like 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 what are the movies or items that you think that you rented the most of? Um, definitely Jurassic Park. I remember I rent I rented that so much. Um, I saw it as a little girl. Um, it came out in like 94 something. I would think, I would think it was like 93. So I was like eight. And like, I remember my parents took me to Lowe's in Plano, Texas. Was like not, this is all before stadium seating. And like, we're like, we got there an hour early and there's this huge line. I remember everyone's like, Ooh, Jurassic Park. And like that shit was so ahead of its time. Like I was like, I it had my head in my seat with like my back turned to the screen because I was so scared. And I was like, why did my parents take me to this movie? I'm like fucking eight years old, like so scared out of my mind when that T-Rex is like, <laughs> ah, like with the, that shit was scary. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I trailed off. I forgot the original question. Uh, movies that, that, that you rented the most. Oh, Jurassic Park, um, Adam Sandler movies, oh, so like sure. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, hell yeah, um, what else did I get, um, just a lot of like new releases, like when we would know when they were coming out, cause we would get like, oh, that was something else, we, you know all the posters we would get to like put up on the windows, I would get to keep those, uh, or, you know, we would all take turns about which ones we wanted. I had the Anchorman poster, which my husband would love. It took up, like, the whole wall in, like, a room. Um, but eventually, I, 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 like, that got, during moving, you know, that, that got lost or something. But I don't think I have that anymore. But um, that was other something other, cool working there. We got, like, posters and stuff of movies. So that was tight. Well, awesome. Th- thank you so much for hopping on. 
um, I'm going to make your husband put you on more podcasts in the future because it's 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 just awesome having you on here. It's 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 always awesome having someone else come in here and like tell their memories and you know uh, give give their experiences and jazz as well. Oh, thank you. It it was nice. I want to come on way more often. All right. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Okay. Uh, talk to y'all later. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Well, that was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate Mel for for coming on. Um, I think it's time for us to start putting putting the bow tie on this thing, man. Put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this was an awesome trip down memory lane for me. Um, there'll be more, more movie talk and stuff. I thought, uh, at least for now, let's, let's hit like the rental stores and let's, uh, dip our toe in the water there and we'll, we'll do more VHS and. Oh, for sure. Cause we didn't get into anything specifics or favorites or all time greatest or any of the specifics to it. So it'll be fun to, it'll be fun to come back and revisit this. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing the wifey back on. She's looking forward to being back on. She was great. Yeah. Um, well, guys, that's it for us. Uh, if you want to keep up with um, both me and the show on Instagram, we just got back. I just got back from the video game museum here in Frisco. Uh, posted all about that, and we'll be posting updates on when this podcast is uploaded as well. But uh, that Instagram follow is at chilled in roasted eighty uh, nine. You can also email me slash the show at childrenroasted89 at AOL.com if you have any input. we If you have any input, subscribe to us because you want to keep you know feeding us that input. Uh, rate us. Whatever you think is fair. Five stars. Five whatever stars. Whatever you think is fair. And then just comment. Give us your feedback there. Interact with us. And guys, that, that leads me to pass it over to, to the wise rabbit uh, for him to feed you his information. Uh, I don't have any information. I'm off the grid. No, I'm just, I'm off the grid. No, I'm just playing. Um, uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll plug the other podcast. It's, uh, it's on a little mini hiatus, working out some scheduling and, uh, some, just some, some, some multiple issues at the moment. But, uh, but, but when it comes back, it's going to be larger, bigger, faster, stronger than it ever was before. For sure. For sure, for sure. We'll definitely get all the way to the summer of Costanza and beyond. But uh, at un- uh, at this underscore is the show. That's our Seinfeld podcast. Twitter, uh, I'm usually on it. Uh, there's another little... Uh, I guess that's it. That's all, this, that's all there is. All right. I will uh, throw some links to our Seinfeld podcast in this. And um, that's going to be it. We are out of here take it easy imagine the perfect video store it would have a great selection right right over 10,000 videos three evening rentals so no rush no hassle fast checkout 24-hour quick drop return open late every night well the perfect video store welcome to blockbuster video is popping up all over the country there's one near you blockbuster video wow It's the 4th of July.